the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Happy Monday. Glad you've all tuned in here to the Chris Salcedo Show. Uh, telephone number if you want to reach out and say howdy is 888-933-93, Now, we normally start off right off the bat with the, with the uh, flip around, but we're not going to do that today because I had an experience over the weekend I'm just dying to share with you, and it all ties in to what we're seeing out there on the, on the public stage from one political party and one political ideology in this country, and that's coming up. Uh, Also, we'll talk about uh, the Republicans' inability to get a Obamacare replacement. Everyone asking what the hell have they been doing for the last seven, six years, and people are right to ask that. Mitch McConnell and John Bain are not doing their work. And now, because, because they didn't think that Donald Trump or the Republicans would win the election. So they had nothing ready to go. No consensus bill. And the American people will pay a price. And this may have been Mitch McConnell's goal all along to work with Democrats. So we'll we'll get into all that coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show. Telephone number we've already given you. So how about the social media, shall we? Uh, at Chris Salcedo TX. At C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X. That's Twitter. Facebook is the Chris Salcedo Show. Did I say the number? Well, just in case I didn't. 888-900-3393, Blaze.com slash radio, Blaze radio smartphone app, or the iHeartRadio app. That's how you uh, listen to us live. If you want to listen on demand, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, a full digital platform for you to binge listen, if you should so desire, not only to the Chris Salcedo Show, but other programming here on the Blaze Radio Network. Speaking of the Blaze, go to theblaze.com, click on the channel section, and find our presence there. I had, uh, in honor, bestowed upon me uh, on the weekend, and it was couched to me in a way that I was helping somebody out. But i got to tell you, the honor was all mine. Uh, there was an effort, and many of you know about this story, because uh, Mary Ramirez and I talked about this last Friday, that we were going to celebrate... Uh, and uh, celebrate an, an, an honoring of the fallen police officers. Uh, people were gathering together. That was part of the celebration, the gathering together. The solemn part of the, of the ceremony was individuals remembering those who had paid the full measure for their community. And I'm talking about the Dallas Five, the police officers who were targeted by a man filled with hate, by a racist who wanted to kill white cops. And uh, let me give you a little background to let you to let you know what the backdrop is there in North Texas. You have a a city councilman, not councilman, but a county commissioner by the name of John Wiley Price. And this piece of trash, this reprobate uh, during a county commissioner's meeting that they, they were all getting together to to pass a resolution to honor the fallen police officers. And he stood up and he wouldn't do it. He claimed that those lives are no more special than, than perhaps the man 
who slaughtered them for hate's sake. So John Wiley Price, this piece of refuse, uh, has become the target of ridicule, and, the, and rightfully so, so much of the fact that the police officers' associations, several of them, representing 32,000 police officers, demanded an apology. Now, this guy is, is self-interested, thinks about only himself, kind of like an, an Obama-like character. Almost a community organizer uh, type mentality. Only thinks about himself, his own aggrandizement, his own benefit. So that was the whole backdrop. And the police officers were gathering to honor the fallen. And as a matter of fact, one of the speakers at this was uh, Mark Geist. You guys remember him from... Ben, uh, the Benghazi, the true Benghazi account, and 13 Hours was the book, and 13 Hours was the movie. Got a chance to meet him, shake his hand. And he was there to speak to other heroes. And I got to tell you, I was, I, I'd been around police officers before. I'd spoken at events where police officers were. But now that I think about it, those police officers were in uniform, and they were, it was just a dip, different atmosphere. This was, a celebration of the lives of their fallen comrades and uh, a pledging uh, never to forget the sacrifice of their fallen comrades. They were all in street clothes. A couple of the SWAT guys were just coming off of, off of a, a morning filled with uh, activity. So some of, the, they, they were, some of them were wearing sidearms. But by and large, they're just like, it could have been a block party. A very big block party, but it could have been a block party. Uh, everybody was dressed casually, and a lot of these folks you would never even peg as cops. And their kids were running around, their kids were playing, and it was it just hit me like a ton of bricks. These individuals, they have what you and I have. They have families, they have friendships, they have personal relationships, they have uh, spouses. What sets them apart from you and me and I said this as I was speaking to this group because I was, I, I, I was lucky enough to have my, my oldest daughter with me. And I said to her, I go, you realize how many extraordinary people we've met today? And she nodded her head, yeah. I got the sense that it meant something to her too. And um, I said to these folks, that there's, a, there's a biblical passage that talks about no greater love can an individual have than to lay down one's life for one's friends? And so then I said, what does it say about a group of people who will, yes, indeed, lay down their lives for a friend, but they will also lay down their lives for perfect strangers? Oh, and they will also lay down their lives protecting a group, Black Lives Matter, that has called for their death. Oh, and they will lay down their lives for a reprobate like John Wiley Price who says they're not worth anything, who spat on their comrade's grave as a community was seeking to honor them. They will still put their lives on the line for that piece of trash. What does it say about that caliber of human being? You know, I... Increasingly, 
I hear politicians patting themselves on the back talking about service. Oh, we're, we're public servants. I don't, think, I don't think that's true anymore of the vast majority of lawmakers. I think they're there to service one thing, themselves, and their own personal enrichment and their own personal power. I think the true example of service in our society that we see today, the police officer, 99.9% of the police officers, the U.S. soldier or Marine, airman or sailor, that's service. That's true service. Very little pay, very little notoriety, and laying your life on the line for others. What, uh, can anybody look at Mitch McConnell and say that he's serving this country? Maybe you could say he did the country a favor by reluctantly that he did by getting away with the filibuster on the Supreme Court nominee, Gorsuch. But he was forced into that because the Democrats had already undermined that to a degree eight years ago. Can you look at Chuck Schumer and say he serves anybody but himself? Nancy Pelosi? I mean, with a, with a, f- a few rare exceptions, the vast majority of those cats are up there serving themselves. It's all about getting reelected, not about doing the right thing for America. You know, I was thinking about this as I was looking at, it's looking like the Republicans are going to go back on their promise of repeal and replace. And what, why is that? Is because some of these so-called moderate Republicans are saying, well, I'm not going to be able to be reelected and I've got to be able to do my good work. What, you need to go up there and show up and do nothing? And cave into Democrats? That's your good work? <laughs> you think you're servicing individuals in your state by consigning them to, to socialism and collectivism? You think you're servicing them? No, you're, you're, you're eroding them. You're, you're introducing the cancer into the body politic, which will erode excellence and hard work when you start accepting the notion that people in these United States are owed health care. So I, I walked away from this event. I mean, like I said, I, I'd been around police officers, firefighters, military guys before. And I, uh, they were all in uniform and it was a, a different type of atmosphere. This was very, this, this was just different and it hit me and it struck me that our police, firefighters, our military, it's quite possible that they are the only true service-oriented institutions that we have left in this country that's that's in a government capacity. True servants. So I, uh, and I'm going someplace with this. Because with this as the backdrop, you guys hear about this nutbag uh, down in Houston. 
this this kid who is working at a great American cookies store in a in a, a Katie Mills Mall. Katie's a suburb of of Houston. This kid sees a police officer in line. He reaches into his pocket and says, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to pay for this this cop's brownie because he recognized 18 year old kid." Gosh, it gives me hope for the future. 18-year-old kid pays for his brownie. Some reprobate behind the police officer starts to complain. I'll give you the story on the other side of the break. You found the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. All right, the uh, the White House briefing is audio only today, and much to the consternation of the folks over at CNN. Uh, I will probably get to the flip around here at the top of next hour, folks. So just in case you normally tune in, don't worry. We'll we'll get a top of the hour swing in, just not this particular hour. Let me let me tell you the story about what happened in South Texas. This kid named Zachary Randolph, he was suspended after buying a police officer a brownie. It was on Sunday. Another customer at Great American Cookies at the Katie Mills Mall became upset. The man allegedly asked if the 18-year-old was going to buy his order as well. Randolph said no because the man wasn't an officer. And the man became angry. Uh, I... I wondered aloud on Twitter when I posted this <laughs> this uh, story if that that kook, that nutbag John Wiley Price up in Dallas in the Dallas County Commissioner's Court was down in was down in Katy that day, showing such disrespect for police officers. So this kid is suspended for a week by his manager, but I I kid you not because. Some idiot complained that the 18-year-old dipped into his own pocket to buy a brownie for a police officer out of recognition for the service they do for the community. Somebody got mad and upset. Buy mine. Why don't you buy mine? Where does that come from? Where does the hatred and distrust for the cops come from? Well, I, I rationalize it comes from the last eight years. Resident Obama's occupation of the Oval Office. A Democrat party that has been, that has lowered itself to being the anti-police party, the anti-cop party. The Democrat party that stands for art hanging in the nation's capital that depicts our nation's law enforcement officers as pigs. That's where that comes from a complete lack of recognition, a complete lack of respect for who these people are and what they do and how extraordinary they are. That that police officer would lay his life on the line for that idiot who was complaining, why don't you buy my brownie? Why don't you buy my brownie, my coffee, my my cookie? And then threatened to beat up the 18-year-old 
threatened to beat him up and get him fired because he dug into his own pocket and bought a police officer a brownie. We don't get there to that level of hate because of conservatism. And we don't get there out of an atmosphere of honor and respect. We get there out of, out of ignorance, out of hatred, and out of envy. The hallmarks of the Democrat Party. That's what they stand for these days. Hell, the head of the DNC was called to the carpet this weekend on Meet the Press by the head of the RNC to stop the potty mouth rhetoric. And he wouldn't apologize. This is the caliber of our, our these leftists who call themselves Democrats in this country are no better than what we see down in Venezuela, no better than what we see in Cuba or in China, no better. Same caliber of individuals who believe they're owed power and owed control over your life. There are other examples of this. Let me tell you uh, what Carlos Garcia was writing about. Let's see, how many days was this? Four days ago? A man protesting in front of a Republican congressman's office was arrested after allegedly citing the Virginia shooting and a threat he made to a staffer. Now, what was the threat? The communications director for Senator Jeff Flake said that this guy named, uh, what, Pritchard is his last name? Mark Pritchard told him, quote, you know how liberals are going to solve the Republican problem? They're going to get better aim. That's in reference, of course, to the liberal Bernie Sanders supporter who took a gun and shot at Republican lawmakers on a baseball field in Virginia. Oh, and there's a story on that, too. The Washington Post, the morons in the Washington Post, some idiot who, claimed him, who claims he's an actual journalist. Uh, I thought, look, look, I got to be honest with you, folks. I, I tweeted this out. I thought I was reading an opinion piece. And it turns out this, this kind of crap is what passes for news in the pages of the Washington Post. I couldn't believe it. Peter Jolly writes a piece trying to blame a Trump-supporting talk show host for this liberal Bernie Sanders supporter shooting up Republicans. I kid you not. And the Washington Post tried to pass this off as news. And more evidence of the slide. Donald Trump, the President of the United States, gets up last week in Warsaw and delivers a pro-American, pro-Western speech, and the left wing loses its mind. Listen to this. The first 20 minutes of one of the worst presidential speeches I've ever heard on foreign soil. That speech was the ultimate fulfillment of Osama bin Laden's ideology of the belief that there would be a clash of civilizations. This is not a speech he could have given really any place else, and this is a white... Um, America, America first kind of speech. Wait a minute. Pro-Western now means white? Western civilization means white? Are you out of your mind? I got more on this. Stick with me. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network.
Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. The last part of that uh, that soundbite that I played for you guys was CNN's Jeff Zeleny. He wanted to know, remember, if Obama was enchanted by his job. What part of his job was enchanted? This is a hard-hitting, hard-hitting journalist from allegedly from the New York Times. Now, a, a, an alleged hard-hitting journalist from the New York Times, and now works over at CNN. Let me play the expanded version of what Jeff Zeleny said. I would argue that this speech is one of the, the best speeches in terms of a thematics uh, and staying on message and sort of offering a worldview that he's given yet. And, and the setting was interesting. It was in the Krasinski Square in uh, Warsaw. Um, you know, uh, thousands and thousands of people were waving American flags and Polish flags. But this is not a speech he could have given really any place else. And this is a white... Um, America, America first kind of speech. He was offering a very stark view, actually. Yeah, what an idiot. Pro, n- now, if you're pro-Western, you're pro-white. Did you know that? All you folks who are of color who have found freedom in the West, Jeff Zeleny wants you to know that, it, uh, that now being pro-Western means being pro-white. I mean, what a complete and utter boob. And where does this come from? This comes from Eight years of President Obama shoving this kind of crap down our throat and giving it voice. Most of the time, this was just uh, snowflakes on college campuses and idiots in academia who, who say that, who utter this garbage. For the last eight years, we had Barack Obama in there giving this voice and credibility. Now you got Jeff Zeleny. I'm not sure whether he believes this, this tripe or is just on the left wing bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, this is, uh, you talk about pro-Western and pro-democracy, you're really talking pro-white. What an, what an a-hole Jeff Zeleny is. About, um, you know, the, um, um, about migration, about immigration, about other things. It was very, it wasn't a modern day speech, if you will. It was sort of a throwback speech, but he was offering a sense that, you know, uh, be afraid of what is happening in the world now. This is a Stephen Miller written speech. He's one of his uh, top of policy advisors here. Why shouldn't folks be afraid? Look at what happened when you have this uh, open border idiocy in Europe, having folks from clashing cultures meeting inside of European capitals. You're getting a terrorist attack, it seems, every week. And, and, and who thought this was a good idea and it was all going to turn out okay? Maybe the likes of Jeff Zeleny? I mean, Angela Merkel, she's got guards. I guess she doesn't worry about it, but her citizens do. Justin Trudeau. Oh, by the way, Justin Trudeau, the pro-murderous uh, regime of the Castros, the guy that loves himself, some Fidel Castro. Uh, he's taking fire because he gave $8 million in a settlement to a radicalized Islamic fundamentalist jihadi. <laughs> Craziness. These these left-wingers, these liberals, are serving up Western civilization on a platter to radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists and then saying you're bigoted if you don't go along. That's what Jeff Zeleny basically just said. Uh, You know, pro-Western, pro-democracy means you're uh, just pro-white. This guy is out of his mind. 
Rich Lowry on with uh, Fox News today, echoing basically what I just said. Yeah, now there's a lot of competition for the most unhinged reactions to things that <laughs> Trump has done, but this has to be right up there. A defense of the West, really, an American president can't talk about the West and Western values. Right. And you go back to 1966, the uh, thousand-year anniversary of Polish Christianity, and look at the speech that LBJ gave on that occasion. Two-thirds of it could be a cut-and-paste job. If you're going to talk about Poland, you're going to talk about the amazing spirit, faith, the culture of the Poles. And that's what Trump did, and he put it in the context of how the West needs those things to survive. This, not too long ago, would have been considered clearly in the mainstream of American thought and rhetoric, but the left has really gone out of its mind recently yes well recently yes that is the hallmark of the left and finally some folks are starting to fight back we'll get to that coming up on the other side of the break uh, melanie morgan uh, a good pal of ours has started an effort to do just that to push back on these left-wing influences inside and outside of the press stick with me it's chris salcedo show here on the blaze the media wasn't ready for a conservative latino so naturally we gave him a show the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. You are listening to the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And welcome back, everybody. It's the Chris Salcedo Show. I, I, I'm hearing that CNN is really ticked off um, because the, well, the antics by one of its, uh, and I'm making air quotes with my fingers, reporters, uh, is being called into question, and they don't like it. Apparently, apparently the, the outlet that traffics in uh, anonymous news sources doesn't like, <laughs> doesn't like it when the same tactic is used against them. They're, they're just as much public figures as... The president of the United States is. Uh, let's talk about this and many other things. Melanie Morgan, an award-winning talk show host, an author, a columnist, a journalist, TV anchor, now a news director. Melanie is the co-founder of Media Equity Project. Stop the Scalpings is one of their projects, and we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Melanie, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Hey, it's a great uh, opportunity to be with you, Chris. Thanks. CNN's Andrew Kaczynski, who is the guy, that the sleuth that, that dedicated all of this effort to outing the guy who created this hilarious Trump beating up the CNN brand meme that really got their ire up. And it's being alleged out there that he used, a, uh, well, it, it's an illegal fishing tactic to out this guy. Do I have this about right? No, um, those are kind of two stories that got conflated. I apologize for that. They're two separate stories, but it's the same reaction a very thin-skinned, um, very hostile reaction from CNN. And even on, uh, I've been tweeted at with threats from the vice president of um, communications from CNN. What's happened is that um, there was uh, the video meme uh, um, artist who got caught, you know, caught up in this whole thing and exposed or threatened with exposure by Andrew Kaczynski, who is the founder of the K-Files. It's a group of young um, so-called journalists um, whose biggest claim to fame, by the way, was that he exposed previously to going to work for CNN. He exposed the um, the Boston bombing suspects' wrong names, which, of course, was absolutely <laughs> devastating for the families involved. Uh -huh. 
Um, and and then his next thing is is this video meme. I mean, then he went after Monica Crowley and Sheriff David Clark and wrongly accused them of um, fabricating uh, uh, plagiarism, basically, in their advanced degree theses, um, which was just humiliating and devastating, particularly for Monica um, Monica Crowley, who's a, a former Fox News analyst. And you know, w- w- they both told me that it's an absolute lie. They've called Andrew Kaczynski an electronic terrorist. Um, basically, what he did was strip out the attribution from their publications. And then those those kinds of things, of course, get echo-boomed around um, the Internet, and they are they're suddenly their reputations are destroyed. This is the kind of tactic that he learned. And then recently, our, at MediaEqualizer.com, we followed up on um, a report from um, some of our sources who are conservative, who um, had been shopping a story um, to CNN, and we discovered during the process that there were web bugs planted in the story. The you know the tipsters wanted to remain anonymous, and when Mr. Kaczynski replied to them, he put a web bug in there. Now he claims. And I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be fair here and, and, and let him say whatever he wants to say about it, it that it was just a, a read-back option. Um, however, you know, what we have learned is that it is more than just a read-back option, that, in other words, you can, you can click on it, and he says, well, it just acknowledges that somebody has opened it and read it. But there's a two-step process involved, and your privacy can be violated. All your IP address information can be gathered, and then he will know who you are and perhaps dox them just exactly the way he did with a video meme artist. Uh, yeah, Docs is basically releasing all of this, all of the information that you may or may not want out there into the public ethos, folks. Now, more, Mel- Melanie, let me ask you, is this, is this tactic that he is accused of implementing, is it legal? It is legal. Is it ethical? I don't think so. Is this something that CNN does with all of its reporters? Or they put these, they're common phishing devices. Um, they can be used legitimately, no question about it. Uh, but I, I don't know. If you were answering, let me ask you this, Chris. If somebody called you and asked you for a comment on a story that might upend your life in every possible conceivable way, and you don't really know yet whether or not you want to say anything publicly, but you respond to the email to try and get some more information about who these people are, and it turns out that they're collecting all your personal information, and then they use it in a, uh, to publicly out you whether you want to or not, do you think that's ethical? No, you're absolutely correct. And when I when I spent my time in news, uh, uh, that that was something that that was just not done. You wouldn't betray somebody who wanted to remain on background or somebody who wanted to remain anonymous. And apparently, uh, according to the folks over at CNN and Andrew Kaczynski, only people who are left wing extremists get anonymity. Uh, Melanie Morgan, everybody, she is an award winning radio talk show host, an author, a columnist, and a journalist, TV anchor, and now a news director. Let's talk about your your efforts. Stop the scalpings. This is something that got on my radar screen a couple of uh, uh, a couple of months ago when you guys started this, and th- there is a a concerted effort from the folks at Media Matters and uh, and those in the extreme left to to target the advertisers of conservatives for having differing points of view, and this is this is something you guys didn't take too kindly to, yes? 
That's correct. You know, it's just infuriating to me um, what has happened. The fight against CNN and other mainstream media, really, the reckless behavior um, that these so-called news organizations have has just begun. We are fighting back. I, I like to think of it as Operation Fight Fire with Fire. So what we're doing is we're going after the same people, Media Matters for America, who targeted an advertising boycott at Sean Hannity, who is a close friend of mine. I've known him for many, many years. Nicest guy in the world and um, you know instead of just having a robust philosophical discussion about ideology and you know shaking hands and going home and having an adult beverage these guys try to personally destroy him his family um, his career his livelihood and they do it to any conservative icon this is what I have seen their playbook Media Matters has an actual playbook that they use to pitch to big donors and that's what they're doing so they're going after conservative icons so it's not just about Sean Hannity this this return um, it's about all of us who are in talk radio or any kind of First Amendment freedom issue. We want to point this out and let people know, especially the advertisers, the people who are advertisers on shows like oh, Rachel Maddow, who's trapped in the fever swamp of conspiracy theories, um, <laughs> or, 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 you know, anybody like Andrew Kaczynski, who, who seems to think that he's the um, internal police, the state police of the Internet. So I don't think advertisers should be um, advertising on places like that. So we've gone after them, and 107,000 of our conservative activists at Stop the Scalping are broken up into committees. We take day by day a different target, and we mirror the left's tactics, and we call and contact and tweet, and we've had now over a dozen advertisers who said, "Mm, maybe I don't want to be associated with CNN when they have Kathy Griffin holding up the beheaded, bloody head of the President of the United States. Mm, Maybe when CNN um, has three journalists who are dedicated to Russia, 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 despite the fact that narrative has been discredited by 13 intelligence agencies, maybe we don't want to be affiliated with that. And you know what? We have the right as consumers to ask them not to. That that is uh, again fighting fire with fire. I think is a is an apt way of of describing this. Of course, we uh, we were describing earlier on in the program how these these cable outlets, even though CNN just had their ratings bested by Nick at Night and reruns of Yogi Bear, they still get money because of these deals they've inked with these these cable companies. And one's got to ask, what is the agenda of these cable companies when? When entities like The Blaze can't get onto these cable outlets, but folks like CNN who are losing in the ratings can. Melanie Morgan, everybody, award-winning radio talk show host, author, columnist, TV journalist, and now a news director at S. Scalpings is the the Twitter handle if you want to figure out, because everybody's always asking me, Melanie, how can I get involved? That's how they can get involved. I appreciate you being here on the Salcedo Show. Thanks so much, Chris. You have a great day. And remember, folks, MediaEqualizer.com to to learn where um, the stories that we are covering for you. Thank you, lady. Appreciate that. 888-933-93-888-900-3393. We'll end the hour like we started it with police. Uh, the folks up in Missouri, apparently under their new governor, Eric Greitens, former Navy SEAL, uh, talking to Fox News this morning, said the following. 
That's right. Well, we've passed a blue alert bill. And what the blue alert bill does, Ainsley, it does two key things. First of all, makes it easier to apprehend a criminal, a coward who assaults a law enforcement officer. And the second thing it does, it increases penalties for anybody who assaults a law enforcement officer. We want to let uh, criminals know in the state of Missouri that if you assault a law enforcement officer, we're going to find you, we're going to bring you to justice, you're going to prison, and you're... Yeah, and that wasn't always the case, as the governor articulated. Well, you know, unfortunately, uh, in Missouri before, we had a system where you could have recklessly actually killed uh, a law enforcement officer and not gone to prison. We're making sure now that you are going to go to prison. We're having the backs of our law enforcement officers. You know, Ainsley, I was actually out last night on the streets with some of our members of our Missouri State Highway Patrol. These men and women are doing an incredible job. They are, and they deserve respect and recognition, and the state of Missouri taking some action. Uh, it, it bears pointing out, ladies and gentlemen, that he's a Republican. He's a former Navy SEAL. He understands the true meaning of service. The reason why I would imagine that you can have laws which would allow somebody to kill a police officer and not go to jail is because you have Democrats in charge. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices? I don't have to show you any stinking vices! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two, glad you've tuned in, everybody, here at the Chris Salcedo Show. 888 is the phone number, 888 Let's get to the flip around, see what the cable news shows are talking about. We go first to CNN. Far to find damaging information on Hillary Clinton or negative information. Robbie Mook, the Clinton campaign manager, said the revelation puts potential collusion closer to Trump. What's disturbing is at each and every juncture, uh, the Trump campaign gets closer and closer to Russia and the connections become more direct. That's an, idi- uh, an idiotic statement, the fact that this this lawyer has ties to Russia. She's a Russian, meaning she's a Russian citizen. Uh-huh. Uh, I might as well get into this a little bit. Fox News Sunday, Ryan's Priebus was a- asked about this. And I, I find the timing of the New York Times piece suspect. Because here comes Donald Trump off another successful foreign trip. Another trip that was, by the way, the hallmark of the trip was this the president opened the meeting uh, with president Putin by raising the concerns of the american people regarding russian interference in the 2016 election uh, they had a very robust and lengthy exchange on the subject and the press was deflated of course because they expected them to to do the secret handshake and uh yeah the fix was in and way to go vlad and way to go donald and it was all supposed to be like that so when that didn't happen, and when all of a sudden CNN's own David Gergen was saying stuff like this. Initial readings suggest that this could have been one of the most productive, promising meetings President Trump has held since he took office. 
Uh, for if, uh, the very fact that now the meddling is on the table, we, and we may have disagreements about how it, that conversation developed, but that they're developing a framework for uh, future cyber attacks and how they're going to handle it on each side and how they're going to keep the Russians out of the U.S. and other countries. That is promising. And this agreement in Syria could be very promising. It is a multi-state agreement, uh, not only with the Russians and the United States, but also with Jordan and Israel. Uh, and, if, and if we could start working together with the Russians, that's something John Kerry wanted to do uh, in the Obama administration. If we could start working with the Russians more closely on Syria, that could be very promising too. This was presidential. This was big league stuff. So that was what was being said on CNN. This was presidential and big league stuff. So naturally, the, the New York Times had to run this, this piece they've been sitting on God knows how long. Because when the narrative is good for Trump, they're going to try to introduce Russia, Trump, Trump, and Russia, Trump, Russia, Russia, Trump, Trusha, Rump, <laughs> whatever, whatever they can do to get it in there. I mean, it, 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 they are a one-trick pony. It's Russia, Russia, Russia. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. All the time. So now, and as you just heard, Jeff Zeleny, the one who wanted to know whether Barack Obama was enchanted by his job, was now on the case because Donald Trump Jr. Uh, had this meeting with a lawyer, a lawyer who said, hey, I've got evidence that Hillary Clinton's colluding with Russians on the campaign. Turned out to be a lie. She lied because there was a real reason why she wanted to get in there. In, in terms of the DNC, are you suggesting that this was somehow a setup by Democrats to, to try to link them or compromise them with the Russians? And, and this was before there was any Russian interference in the election. So why would they have done that? That's Chris Wallace talking with Ryan Priebus, the chief of staff to the president of the United States. I have, well, look, why was Fusion GPS involved in putting together this dossier? Fusion GPS is the firm that came up with the the fake dossier about Donald Trump's exploits over the overseas, complete fabrication, completely discredited. And it has ties to the Democrats. So fusion GPS has ties to this, this law firm or this Russian lawyer who initiated a meeting with Donald Trump jr. To talk about, Hey, we've got opposition research on Hillary Clinton. She's colluding with Russians, and I ought to know I'm a Russian. So Donald Trump Jr. says, okay, let's hear it. I don't know, Chris, and I don't think too many people know uh, why or how this meeting came about. However, what I can tell you is from my communication with our team on this subject, there was nothing to it. It was a 20-minute meeting. It ended after everyone was decidedly uh, sitting there saying there's nothing happening here. They moved on. Uh, and I think in the end, what you're going to find in this story, if you read the Circa column, is I think there's more questions on the Democrat side than anywhere else. And of course, you can't expect CNN to ask Democrats about this other, other than the fact, hey, what is this? Does this mean collusion? Collusion, collusion? It, it, is, has anybody drawn a parallel that this woman spoke for the Russian government at all or was trying to broker any or had any power to broker any type of deals for the Russian government? No, nobody's even suggesting that. They just want to be able to say Russia, Trump, Trump, Russia as, as many times as they possibly can. It's complete and utter insanity.
Now, Donald Trump Jr., he has since amended this, but the statement isn't far afield from when Kevin Cork was out on the White House lawn last evening and uttered this. The woman stated that she had information that individuals connected to Russia were funding the Democratic National Committee and supporting Ms. Clinton. The statement goes on to read, her statements were vague, ambiguous, and made no sense. He continues, she began discussing the adoption of Russian children adding, it became clear to me that this was the true agenda all along. And as you pointed out earlier, he adds, most notably, my father knew nothing of the meeting or these events. So here is in the middle, coming up on the presidential election, it's in what June, June, July is when this happened. This Russian lawyer wants access to, the, to, to Donald Trump and decides to go through Donald Trump Jr. to get it. Says, I've got information on how uh, the Hillary Clinton camp is colluding with the Russians. Getting money and and all this kind of stuff. So uh, I want to meet with you. So Donald Trump Jr. says, well, why not? Why not? If, If she has evidence of nefarious activities by the Democrats, which we all know is typical for that political persuasion, they have a long history of working with the Soviet Union slash the Russians to influence our elections, the Democrat Party does. It goes all the way back to Ted Kennedy. So he takes the meeting, and then she has nothing. As a matter of fact, the whole premise of the meeting was to, to talk about what her real agenda was, which is these adoptions of, of Russian kids, and hoping that will make it to the president's uh, agenda. And they said, okay, this, this wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Bye. So long. So... I don't think there's going to be much about this. I mean, there's much to this, but it doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. The fact that there's nothing to this is, is reason why it'll probably be continued to be talked about all over, all over cable news. As a matter of fact, let's go over to MSNBS. It feels like they have a good stretch of days. The word Russia suddenly falls mm. on them again. Uh, they were feeling very good about last week. I mean, obviously, there have been questions raised about his meeting with President Putin, but they were White House insiders were cheering the speech in Poland. They felt like the president was authoritative, came back on a high note. They're hoping to revive some health care. Yeah. Like, they felt good. And yet, this is happening again. So they're into damage control. You're seeing Donald Trump Jr. deny it, of course, on Twitter. Yep, the uh Chiron graphic, the CG at the lower third of the screen, folks, reads Trump Jr. Kremlin linked lawyer promised dirt on Clinton. And that's what they're all going for. Uh, Over to Fox News Channel. Jr., the campaign and the Russians. I don't think we have any evidence so far of collusion um, by anyone from the Trump campaign and the Russians. And I, I say that for a few reasons. Tom Dupree, former DOJ official, talking with Fox News Channel. Look, so it's everywhere. All the cable talkers are talking about it. And again, here we are, another nothing burger story put out by a nothing burger news outlet, the New York Times, so that other nothing burger, nothing burger cable outlets like CNN, MSNBS are forced to talk. about. Well, they're gleeful to talk about it. And Fox News is forced to talk about it. And so are we, quite frankly. But again, it's just it's just an effort to put out Russia, Trump, Trump, Russia, Russia, Trump. That's it. Again, off a very successful foreign trip. Another successful foreign trip by the president. Uh, again, this is, this is nothing. You want to see whether something, folks? 
We'll probably talk more about this tomorrow. James Comey. Apparently, he had classified information on his notes he took about his meeting with the president. And that's a no-no. That's, well, according to the president's tweeting earlier today, that, that would be illegal. And I think the law backs him up on that. I'll be back in a minute. It's the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. I was asked uh, earlier today on Twitter, why is President Obama shadowing Donald Trump over in Europe and commenting on things? Why? Why is he? Well, I guess that they were they were uh, commenting on the Washington Post piece. Obama returns to political fray for. Democratic Party cause. Former resident Barack Obama will formally re-enter the political fray this week, less than six months after leaving office, headlining a fundraiser for a group that could prove critical for the Democrat Party's rebuilding efforts. That was one point of reference. The other point of reference was, of course, Mr. Obama nipping at Donald Trump's heels. And somebody, and I can't remember who it was, who asked me on Twitter, why is Obama doing this? And I said, well, aside from the obvious that he's a narcissist, that he can't handle not being the center of attention, a lot of progressives suffer from this ailment. But the fact that he's a a low-class, low-rent individual who does not like the... He did, in his mind, he did good work. He took America down several pegs. He uh, mainstreamed socialism, mainstreamed collectivism, and he's claiming victory. And he he doesn't want any of it undone. He doesn't want to have the language evolve back to where, to a higher form of discussion, which of course is self-determination, self-government, and uh, uh, a free market, free enterprise market, and freedom and liberty. He doesn't want it to evolve back. He wants to have it remain devolved where he put it. In this, well, in in a country where you have reprobates questioning whether or not, uh, or, or trying to get people fired for buying cops a brownie. That's the kind of America Obama cherishes and wants. He, he doesn't want, the talk of secession to go away. By the way, former Fox News legal analyst Liz Wheel will join us talking about the secessionist movement. And folks, it's not going away. It's not just uh, a fanciful discussion. There are folks out there who are serious and it's gaining ground. It's gaining momentum in places like California. So that's coming up as well. So that so the the answer the simple answer is that Obama loves himself some Obama and Obama likes to have him, himself in the limelight and he and he like he still thinks he's president. He still wants to be president and making the calls. 
he can't stand that Donald Trump, someone he regards as a simpleton, is undoing all the damage or trying to undo all the damage that he did. He should he should be smiling, though, from big ear to big ear. Because Mitch McConnell was a complete waste. And John Boehner, when he ran things, a complete waste. Because all of these years decrying Obamacare and they didn't have a consensus bill. We'll get into that coming up in short order. Meantime, Ryan's Priebus talking details of this summit, the leadership G20 summit on Fox News Sunday. Generally, at these G20 summits, the meetings of the world's leading economies, East and West, uh, the U.S. sets the tone. But there were a, a lot of times, and you, you've just referred to it a couple of times, sharp disagreement over climate change, just completely uh, disagree. And, and they kind of papered over the disagreement on trade, which still is there. Does the president have any trouble when it's, he's won against 19? Wait a minute. The whole premise of Chris Wallace's question started out being these summits are usually led by America. And then he ends the question by saying, well, isn't that a problem when when it's one against 19? Wait, wait, wait. Isn't that the definition of leadership? One steps out in front. <laughs> I mean, he, he throughout the, the course of his question, he contradicted himself. Which is it, Chris Wallace? Is America to lead or is America to follow? Which is it? This, kind, I, this bugged me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but it bugged me. The definition of leadership is separating oneself from the pack, which is what Donald Trump did at the G20 summit. America is not going to allow these countries anymore to run roughshod over us. No, actually, I think the American people should look at that as a massive positive about this president, that you have a president that doesn't just show up at the G20 and sink into his chair and just suddenly agree with all of these European leaders across, uh, uh, across the table. I agree. Now, now, who did that? Who was the one? Let me be clear. I'll do whatever you want. America's been on top for too long. Let me be clear. Yeah, I'll screw America. Let me, let me help you all screw America. Let me be clear. I'm the great Barack Obama. And we're going to spread the wealth around. America got here by accident. Let me be clear. So, the, Ryan Priebus did a masterful job of painting the contrast. Now, Chris Wallace says, well, man, don't we want to be part of the club? I mean, it's, it's 19 against 1. Don't we want to be part of the club? No, we want to lead it. We don't want to be part of it. We don't want to be... We don't want to flop. We don't want to be just one of, of many. We want to be upper echelon. We want to lead. And that's what Donald Trump, that's how Donald Trump sees this country. That's what Donald Trump is used to doing. And that's precisely what he did. None of these agreements, including the Paris Climate Accord, are in America's best interests. Why in the hell would we sign on to it? Now, I know why Obama wants to sign on to something like that, because that was what Barack Obama was about degrading the United States of America. But I think it's silly 
to expect a pro-American president to do the same. When it comes to issues that he disagrees on, the president's made it very clear that he doesn't believe the Paris Agreement is fair. Now you say it's a disagreement, it's really not a disagreement on the environment, it's a disagreement on the Paris uh, Agreement itself and the fact that we don't want to be uh, hamstrung by an agreement that's going to hurt the American worker across the country that the president's pledged to support. Now, and do you know what he means by this? For those of you who, who have not heard me describe the Paris Climate Accord to you before, remember, the Paris Climate Accord was voluntary for everybody else. Well, technically, it's voluntary for everybody. But President Obama said, let me be clear. You can all do whatever you want, but I'm going to screw America. Let me be clear. So he did. We're not, we're not even the number one emitter of CO2 in the world. China is. And China said, oh, we'll get to it in about 30 years. That was the sum total of China's contribution to the Paris Climate Accord. We'll maybe possibly, perhaps, get to it in 30 years. But hey, if you in the United States under Barack Obama want to put the pistol up to your head and pull the trigger, go right ahead. We'll sit and watch. We love it. German Chancellor Angela Merkel was, was all too willing to let America redistribute its, its wealth over to European nations to help them fix their screwed up way of life. So too are the other socialist capitals of Europe. We don't, we, we disagree in regard to trade a little bit and the fact that this president actually believes that, that trade should be fair, that we shouldn't be taken advantage of. I mean, That's something the president's standing up for the American people. That should be seen as a positive, Chris. It is a positive for those who are pro-American. Up next, well, speaking of pro-American, keeping the union together would be nice, but there is a growing secessionist movement among the left. We'll talk about it with Liz Wheel next. The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up on the program, we'll deal with the Republicans and their lack of a plan to repeal Obamacare. That's all coming up. Before joining Fox News Channel in New York City, Liz Wheel served as legal analyst and reporter for NBC News and NPR's All Things Considered. Also served as a federal prosecutor in the United States Attorney's Office and earned her Juris Doctor from Harvard Law School and her Master's of Arts in Literature from the University of Queensland. Liz Wheel, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. It's great to be with you. Well, let's talk about this because I, when, I, when I got uh, the, the heads up about what you've been looking into, the secessionist movements, I'm fascinated with, with these movements because uh, under the last occupant in the Oval Office, Barack Obama, there was one that, that had developed strongly in the state in which I broadcast, in the state of Texas and in other states uh, in the South. And now with Donald Trump in office, you've got left-wing states uh, like California, seriously contemplating removing themselves from the union. And as a matter of fact, if and you tell me if your research bears this out, I think they're more serious out in California. What, what have you discovered? Absolutely. There's a movement called Cal Exit, Cal Exit, that is a very strong movement. They're organized and 
Uh, it's California. It's Washington. It's Oregon. I mean, these states really want to uh, exit as their name says, um, from the United States of America. They want to separate. They're organized. They've got money. They've got people that um, want to separate from the United States. And they're, they're powerful. I mean, you think of the state of California itself is a, a nation unto itself as far as economic structure, as far as power, as far as mobility. I mean, they, you know, just even forget about, not forget about, but take, you know, even without Oregon and Washington, they're, they're, they're a powerful um, nation state by itself. And I was surprised in the, just the research for the separatists. It's a, you know, it's a novel, it's fiction. But when I do research for any of my novels, I want to bring to the reader um, real facts and real search, research behind it. So I do simple things like uh, set myself up for a Google alert every day, right? So I put in things like uh, separatist, secession, you know, secessionist, all that kind of stuff, thinking, oh, you know, I'll get, you know, wait, you know, one, two, maybe six uh, per week, per bi-week, per, you know, month, you know, alerts, you know, no big deal. And then I can, you know, follow through on those. Right. I get multiple, I'm, guys, I'm, guys, I'm telling you, Chris, I'm saying, Multiple hits per day, and not just from Calexit, and not just from Texas, and not just from, like, a, you know, a guy in Montana, you know, but from people and organized folks all over the country, all over the world. I mean, of course, this is international. Um, you know, look at Spain, but all over the world, organized um, groups saying, we're serious about this. Hmm. There is so much, it, it really is in the root of um, anger. You know, whoever doesn't win in an election, um, whoever, doesn't, whoever doesn't get their guy or gal or movement or cause or petition or whatever, you know, could take it down from the highest to the lowest level. And I don't mean, you know, lowest, but I mean, you know, um, you know, more, more discourse. Uh, discourse, right, exactly. Yeah. Um uh, and they lose, you know, they feel like they lose. Well, what is the gut, you know, level reaction? Okay, I'm going to separate. I'm going to walk away. It's like the kids in the sandbox. No, I think you're... I'm going to take my toys and walk away. Exactly. You're on to something, and it's a phenomenon we have not... that we're not accustomed to here in the United States, that, you know, we... Uh, here in our country, it has been the hallmark of the peaceful transition of authority. It's something we used to take pride in in this country, but I would rationalize, and I am a partisan, I am a conservative, so let me just, or an ideological right. partisan, I'm a conservative. I think that there has been a, a degradation that started back during the Bush administration by the extremist left that found voice in the election of Barack Obama twice and had it mainstream, and now when you don't get your way, as you said, you take your ball and you go home. Let me ask you, in your research, which one of these movements actually has a snowball's chance in Hades of actually succeeding? Is, is it California? Do they actually have a, a potential of secession? Yes, I do. I mean, wow. the, 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 the Supreme Court, now I say that, I say that with the, in the context, um, you have to put in context that the Supreme Court has ruled, but decades and decades ago, that secession is not constitutional. All right, so they have ruled that. But as we know, the Supreme Court and the, the rulings are malleable. And, you know, look, I'm a, I, I like to think of myself, because I'm 102 years old, 
as somewhat <laughs> of, a, of a legal scholar at this point uh-huh. because I'm 102 years old, so I'm, I'm, I'm elderly. Um, so I, I give myself that. Um, but, you know, <laughs> a lot of people haven't read that opinion, and so they will say, well, we can go ahead with it. And, you know, I haven't, we haven't read that opinion, Wheel. Mm. Um, but, okay, so let's just say they haven't read that opinion, and maybe that opinion they could find a loophole in that opinion and say, well, we, we either haven't read that opinion, least, or we, we'll find a loophole around that opinion. Okay, so, they, so let's say they do. So then let's say that Supreme Court decision just ha- doesn't happen to be out there anymore. Well, then what's to keep California from seceding? Yeah. Nothing. Well, you got uh, money. You've got California. such a powerful state. Why not? Well, that's, and, and that is, well, the fear, and actually I think there are some folks within the sound of my voice who actually might cheer if that were to happen. Liz Wheel is our guest right now, uh, <laughs> former legal analyst over there at Fox, over at NBC and NPR. Uh, you mentioned research for your books. Now, uh, so uh, you are doing something called Newsmaker Fiction Series. What, what is this all about? Yes. Um, well, it started, the series is called The Newsmakers, and I start, uh-huh. the first novel is called The Newsmakers. It started with this, this intrepid reporter, Erica Sparks, and she really is, boy, that girl, she knows, I wish she'd just got to stay in bed sometimes, but no, I don't. She just, she just mm. stays in bed. I mean that because she just like, she gets out of bed and it's like, boy, just everything. She gets in trouble. I mean, she just finds trouble wherever she goes. And in the newsmakers, she found that uh, she was working for GNN Global News Network um, in New York City, and she found out that her bosses were really creating, starting to create the news. Now, I wrote this book. I wrote that book back. You know, this was like, this was like, I, I'm not kidding. It's sure all Sure you did. This was no, like, what you... I did. This was... This was two and a half, three years ago. No, Liz, Liz Wheel, folks, had, she had her crystal ball, and she looked in there, and she saw the writing on the wall. Maybe it's something you, ha- you knew intuitively that you'd be looking into the future, and you'd be making a fiction series that is now, <laughs> in my opinion, mimicking life as you see uh, <clears throat> the GNN equivalent in reality actually creating the news. Liz, it's called The Newsmakers, folks. It's part of, the, it's part of a series of books by Liz Wheel, former uh, Fox News personality and legal analyst, NBC, NPR. She's been, she's been around and not as old as she'd like you to think she is. <laughs> she's not 102, please. Uh, no, Liz Wheel, thank you very much. I enjoyed the talk. And, and come it. back here on The Chris Salcedo Show. Thank you so much. Have a great day. 888 uh, As promised, we'll jump into, before we go to the break here, a little bit of what's happening with the Republican health care repeal. The president is out there tweeting. As a matter of fact, hold on, let me reach for my phone. Uh, the president tweeted today, and I am I am trying to pull up my Twitter account as fast as I possibly can. I should have had this pulled up already. But he was tweeting about what Congress should be doing. And I took note of it and I wanted to, to, I don't know, break it, break it to the commander in chief that maybe he's put his faith in the wrong folks. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, the, the at real Donald Trump account tweeted the following. I cannot imagine that Congress would dare to leave Washington without a beautiful new health care bill fully approved and ready to go. And I said, Mr. President, you've dealt with these types of people in business, all talk and no substance. After six years at GOP emulated Dems, 
no work. Folks, I, I ha- this gives me no pleasure in saying it, but it's, it's, it, it doesn't make it any less true that for all of their protestations, and you know what, I've got to say, of all the criticism of the Republican Party that is truly valid from the Democrats, or no, of all the criticism the Democrats level, the only thing that, that I can agree with them that is valid is the fact the Republican Party has been caterwauling about Obamacare for the last six, seven years, and they've been right to do so. However, responsible people would have had a bill ready and raring to go to take the place of this catastrophic cancer known as Obamacare. They, they would have had it ready to go. A consensus bill. And they don't. Now, let me remind you of a conversation. I think I told you guys about this before. I had a conversation with uh, a frequent guest of the program, Congressman Michael Burgess. I was on local radio in Dallas back in 2010. And I asked him point blank, Sir, why is not the GOP coming up with an alternative bill to socialism? Why not an, uh, an alternative bill to Obamacare? And he said, you know what? I, I can't convince the leadership to do this. Who was the leadership back then? It was Mitch McConnell. It was John Boehner. So either these individuals have no ima- can't imagine free market anymore. They, they may have conceived that they've lost the battle, that the vast majority of Americans, everybody within the sound of my voice, They've, they've conceded the fact that you deserve health care paid for by somebody else. Does that describe you? It doesn't describe me. There is no constitutional guarantee of health care paid for by somebody else. It doesn't exist. But the Republicans, instead of making the intellectual argument... For crying out loud, they don't have to make the intellectual argument. Just look at the disaster that socialism has been under Obamacare. And they, so they're out there saying, well, Obamacare's failing, Obamacare's failing. Well, no, we got that, chief. What's your big idea? And they don't have one. And part of the reason are these so-called moderate Republicans who, if it weren't, if they could get elected as Democrats, they'd be Democrats. Let's just be honest. They would be Democrats. They're certainly not conservatives. Uh, I'll tell you what I mean. The other side of the break, you found the Salcedo Show right here on The Blaze. The antidote to the Brian Williams Press. The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Yes or no? Will they pass? Yes. Yes. Well, yes. They will get a. They will get a repeal and replace bill done. I believe that before the August recess. Maybe before. Maybe a little bit into it. But I know that this president expects them to get this thing done, whether it be before August recess or during August recess. The president expects the Senate to fulfill the promises it made to the American people. Well, that's what serious individuals would do, and I, where I can admire the expectation 
of the chief of staff, Reince Priebus, and the president's expectation, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be happening at all. As a matter of fact, I, I think that Mitch McConnell, uh, the agenda all along was to work together with Democrats, even though these same Democrats were the ones that forced Obamacare down our throats without any consultation with the Republicans. None. Zero. Not one Republican vote. Not one adopted Republican amendment. Or anything that was meaningful that changed the law and would have made it work for Americans and kept government out. I, I think I'm with Dagan McDowell of Fox Business Network who said this. I look at, at, at particularly a lot of these centrist Republicans on this issue and there aren't donkeys and elephants. There aren't Democrats and Republicans. They're all just a bunch of hogs eating at the trough. That's what my take is. All these centrists who are holding this up, who want the goodies, who just think they can administer big government better. Seems to me that's all they're... Uh, all they're in it for. I wanted to leave you with this. Our buddy James Woods, the actor James Woods, posting this, this satire sketch of a snowflake liberal. Listen. Well, my Friday's ruined. It's absolutely ruined. I get up and I go and I turn on the news. First thing I see, first thing I see is Trump. Not my president, Trump. <laughs> Shaking Vladimir Putin's hand. Oh. And I'm like, wow, you know, I mean, and then, and then to top it off, Trump, not my president, <laughs> taps Putin on the back. It was like a tap, you know, and I'm like, there is your collusion, people. <laughs> like, if you can't, if you can't see that, seriously, if you can't see that, there's something wrong with you. There's something seriously wrong with you. Uh-huh. I mean, I should be an investigative journalist because I, God, and then, and then, like, Trump, not my president, was looking at Putin, and he started blinking. He was blinking at him. And then Putin looked back at Trump, and he was blinking at Trump, and they were, like, both standing there blinking at each other. And it was like, oh, my gosh. It's like, it's like Morse code. They're communicating. They're communicating. They're this is CNN. <laughs> Glad you uh, made it to the Chris Salcedo Show today, folks. Remember this. Society's worth not measured by how much power is seized by government, but how much power is reserved for we the people. 888 900 The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.